New podcast Stash Weekly. Thanks for joining. Shut up and sit down. Jazzercise that'll keep you fit and smiling, sugar. Come on and shake that cute little booty of yours. Ow! You gotta get up and boogie with this, honey. Yeah. You think you're alive, but have you ever been for a ride on my ride on my bike? To move your boogie body. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Fonderoy. Richard Simmons once said everyone in this world is somehow connected, so why not just be nice to everybody? Preach on Richard. The speed of light. The front, back, front, back. Push it, pull it, push it, pull it. Yeah! Come on, find your pelvis. I know you've got one, and it's okay to move it for heaven's sake. Yes! Here's a little coffee break for you. And something that's great for those thighs as well. Good to the very last drop. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Von Durgen. I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance Hepler, right here in studio. What? Shazam! 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 Oh, God, is this is <laughs> new. I don't, I don't want that. Lance, okay, <laughs> acceptable introductions. Lance Romance. Yeah, Lance, Lance no, no pants. pants. Those are both acceptable. Those Lance are. romance no pants. He Shazam does not make the cut. I don't know. Lance Shazam. <laughs> oh, actually, that kind of rings. I don't know. Lance Shazam, Shazam with the mustache kind of works. Shazam Lance. The mustache kind of makes anything work. So yeah. Hep Shazam. Shazam Hep. No. I had to trim this thing. Doctor Shazam. Ooh. We go with Doctor Shazam. I like that. Doctor Shazam. <laughs> Yeah, the mustache just get a, did get a little uh, trimmed did, this week. Did not, the curls? I not the curls. Yeah. Okay, good. The curls are still good, but all the part over my lip, it it re, it was reaching below my yeah. lower lip. That's annoying. It got, it got in everything I ate. All your food. Everything I drank. So, I had That's to weird. I had to trim it a little bit. It's still bushy, beautiful. It's, it's nice. That's one way to put it. It's nice, <laughs> but is it the nicest stash at the table? <laughs> I don't. That is the question. Because okay, now, there's a bit of a surprise here today. There are four stashes at this table. <laughs> there's four mustaches <laughs> at the table. Welcome to the Mustache Podcast yes. <laughs> with Dr. Shazam Hepler. <laughs> so, so this is totally, totally random. Totally random. Right. <laughs> this was the fact that I saw Evan had a stash going. I just did it on Friday. I had no reason to. Just yeah. Saturday night I was like shaving and I just saw it and I was like, this looks terrible and yeah, I need it for tomorrow. <laughs> I, and, I, that, and, that was my only thought process was like, I need to ride my bike with this tomorrow. So when I saw Evan on Sunday riding, I was like, I can do that. <laughs> it it was just, literally a chain reaction. Matt just had to go. Need mustache, <laughs> and it like just popped sprouted out, out of and then lip. and then quick text to Jake, and yep. I was like, let's surprise Lance. And peer pressure works great. <laughs> let's, su- <laughs> let's surprise Lance. I can't believe that happened within 24 uh, hours. Yeah. This was not planned. This was a 24 hour. Just came together, came together gloriously. And that is mustache hour. <laughs> Real quick, Sully's getting some pretty solid curls there, right? Yeah, I if I can make him go straight. And they're like two and a half inches long. You really are like your hands are your hands are about microphone <laughs> width apart right now. Yeah, they're quite. That's how. That's yeah. as far as you can it, stretch it the end. Goes out there. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny when I see people that I haven't seen for the first time in a while. They're like, "What the what? Wow, you are." <laughs> 
you are really going for it there. And I'm like, well, really going for it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. You know, yeah. I once heard that curls get the girls. Is that still true? <laughs> no. Negatory. <laughs> I am Lance Romance. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask Brandy. Poor Brandy. Poor, poor Brandy. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah, please. Do. His right, Evan Price. You know, I have um, a friend of ours and a Patreon of this podcast. Uh, Dove and her daughter are working on a better intro for me. Okay. Because my <laughs> intro is getting yours. stale. It's getting very stale. But I will say, what I am drinking today is Coca-Cola Energy. I'm not sure if it's better than it's, Red Bull, but it is good. It really it's is interesting because you've come back to this. I remember a couple yeah, podcasts ago you, this were, was, you were on this, this and we talked a, about the taste I was, of it. I was going to drink this over the weekend on the ride, and then I didn't want to waste it when I couldn't truly enjoy it. So I was like, I'm going to wait until Monday morning to drink this. And it was worth it, I will say. There you go. And uh, nobody else is drinking anything interesting. So What? We have LaCroix Key Lime. Key Lime? Yeah, I kind of like the Key Lime. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's very, it has a very sweet taste to it. I feel like LaCroix of all the bubbly waters has uh-huh. the most, you know, sweetness to it. We've been drinking more be Salil. That big box yeah, warehouse Salil. store who we will not name because we're not going to give them any more credits because they're not paying their bills. Is that where you picked that up over the weekend? Um, I have to admit that my wife picked this up, so I'm not sure. I, would I say think I saw yes, something at that, at, at that at that place. Let, <laughs> let's just hope it's from Friday's. Okay. <laughs> I almost got a case of that, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't want to buy something that's going to taste like garbage. But Matt says it tastes good, so I, I might yeah, have to go back. Buy it, yeah. and then you know, leave it at leave it at my doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should definitely buy like three of them. Yeah, you'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> we expect a new intro from you next week. We'll 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 work on it all week. Get That'll on that primary <laughs> focus all week. Yeah, I appreciate them because they watch my videos and it makes me happy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> To Evans Wright, Matt LeGrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking particularly stashy <laughs> this afternoon. Stash-tastic. This, this midday, wherever we are in yeah. this world. Wednesday. Like that. By the time it's the internet, this. though, so that's kind of international time frame, True. you know? Time of oh, all things yeah, and weeks. And you could be listening to this three years from now. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. That's crazy. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> Hello to everybody listening to this in 2023. There you have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt, why don't you carry on? What's your backpedal today? What'd you do this past week? I could just pass. I have so much work, work stuff to do that it's getting in the way of my backpedal. <laughs> you believe it's that? Not much, not much running or riding happening. Um, I'm doing little runs. I did a four miler on Sunday. That's my long run at this point, or four and a half, or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm trying to like walk backwards up the hill so my Achilles doesn't get aggravated. It's a horrible, horrible life. Ugh. That's a quad workout. Oh I guess it's. The hill, like like walking yeah. up the oh my the gosh hill. backwards. Yeah, jeez, Matt. I know. I got to get this Achilles God, cut off. That is. I need to get one of those pirate stub leg things. What are they? That should work. Yeah. I mean, maybe with a little spring on there. <laughs> you bounce around. I'll be bouncing around campus. Blade Runner. You could be. I could be Blade Runner. Yeah. I mean, chances of us meeting each other in prison are high. <laughs> That's true. He is That's in true. prison for murdering his girlfriend. <laughs> Okay, this we don't want it to take a dark turn. All I right. thought you were talking about because of your mustache. <laughs> uh, I I would say that I rode with, I rode, I didn't ride with Evan yesterday. We were riding. We were on the we same road. Riding. We rode at the, at the same road at the same yeah. time. Yeah, which actually was great. We it just was a blast. Did. There were tons of people out there on the team riding. Everybody in their own little. Yeah, you know, group and stuff. It was awesome. That's um, a beautiful climb. I rode uh, what's the Forest Home Hill, Forest and Home, I think yeah. I did it five times, something like that. Wow. I thought about going one more time because I think it was going to give me like a nice round three <clears> k, <throat> and I was like, eh. Three k is still a lot of climbing. Yeah, it's something. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Growing you guys' back- neighborhood, you guys can just like go out for a ride yeah. 
45 minutes, like 3K climbing. I can get <laughs> like literally like a, a rock throw away from my house. I can get whatever, 3K of climbing, no problem. Yeah. Without leaving a stone's throw distance from my house. <laughs> yeah. Right. Being able to it's, get home within five minutes. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Which is nice. On that ride that you were doing yesterday, were you out there at the same time the Martins were there? I saw yep. both of them, yeah, which was really cool because I love seeing those guys. And it's the just, Martins were out there first. It's just yeah. nice to see people yeah. and because, like, it's been, you know, you don't realize it, but it's like, oh, it's been months since I've seen these guys. Yeah. yeah. And it's you awesome know, so I saw everybody. Sean at the bottom of the hill, and he was done. And then I saw Nels back and forth, up and down, up and down. And I was actually just cheering for him. Cause Nels was hammering. He was pushing awesome. so hard. Yeah. Love that kid. And yeah. uh, and I was just like, oh, man, he is. he was working hard. And I was like, all right, dig in on this last one. And I actually <laughs> videotaped him finishing his mm-hmm. whatever number, 10K, 10,000 feet mm-hmm. of climbing. By 26th. A, is that is it 26? 26 reps. Um, something like that. Anyway. I, I actually forget the reps number because I was just watching the mileage because I know the mileage on the dot. Gotcha. So right. yeah, instead of watching elevation or anything like that, where mileage was going to be the closer bet. Gotcha. So, yeah. I just watched, I just, I filmed him as he finished, which was cool, just on a GoPro. And I actually haven't looked at the footage yet, but I should send it to those, maybe send it to his dad. Maybe his dad will care. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Nels. Yeah. I don't know if He'd he will. He'd love that. That's yeah. three weeks in a row that Sean has gone out and done 10,000 feet of climbing on a Saturday. Or on the wow. weekend, it might have been assigned to one of them. But that's three weeks in a row. Like, with them a bunch. Yeah. Well, last wow. weekend, they went out and rode in Washougal and did yep. 10,000 feet of climbing out there. The weekend before that, Sean did the 10K on Forest Home, and then he did it again yesterday. Okay, so, so Sean originally had the KOM on that climb. Yes. That KOM is inspired by Sean Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He built it. He made it. It's awesome. It's his. I mean, it's crazy. It is. So it's awesome that he had it. And then one, Jesse Tonkinson took it mm-hmm. last weekend. Correct. Two. Was that last weekend? Yeah, yes. it was last weekend. Yeah, it was. You're right. You're right. Uh, that KOM came back into the family. Mm-hmm. Ruh-roh. we got to send a cyclist With out there. Nels. Yes. No. Stepping it up, bringing it oh, back. Oh, for the 10K? Yes, it was. The 10K. Nels oh, okay. held it. Nels he, did. He, he brought it. Yeah. He brought it. And I was even like riding with yes. him for a second. I was like, you got to bring this back to the family. He put in one heck of an effort. <laughs> and he like, crushed it. Yeah, 321, I think. Which beat Tonk's time by about... 10 or 11 minutes it was close like, that's impressive I think it was like yeah. 12 minutes or something like that but yeah he had he had yeah. put a little dent in that in that record uh-huh. so he did hold it and then i'll in my backpedal there and let evan take over <laughs> oh i did ride with jake yeah we did we rode for what like 30 minutes yeah it was awesome yeah was- actually that was the fastest i've ever gone up that hill it was the, the one by costco the should, oh, Lake, um, Lake Road. I don't yeah. know if it's called Lake Road, but because it, it, there's a like different extension way. of Lake Road. Is that is a backside? Lake? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, it's yeah. going east yeah. from yeah. the from bottom. Costco up. Yeah. So that was your fastest time up there. Yeah. Yeah. I looked funny. at it and I was like, I was like, I'm pushing a ton of watts. That's actually I was like, a fun little climb to it's hammer. It's too up. bad that yeah. I'm weigh, that I weigh like twice as much as I usually do. <laughs> but I was like holding Jake's wheel as best I could, and it was good it was there was good. a rabbit up yeah. there we had to go catch that rabbit yeah and and i i was gonna ask you this while we were riding but then we started riding too hard for me to talk uh <laughs> i was like oh jake you see this guy with a clip on air bars and it, is your immediate thought that we're just not gonna be able to catch him or oh <laughs> oh we see especially no. if there's clip on air bars i'm gonna go get that guy damn triathletes uh, these triathletes man i'll tell you what <laughs> but yeah so we caught him like immediately as we started and then kept going decent clip like i was pushing pretty hard like solid 350 watts and i saw some 400 for me just hanging on his wheel and so there was was a draft there when we're going i don't know how fast we were going but there was a draft there so you were 1820 but it hurt yeah moving going up that climb i was was quite in a little bit of a hurt locker there yeah that was uh 
it was quite tough. It was and funny going around. Matt had to go up a 24% <laughs> climb to get home. So, yeah. Yeah, both. Hey, we, we uh, came around that guy, and uh, it was funny because he was out of the saddle, kind of grinding back and forth and back and forth, and like he's working really hard, and we just go really cruising by him. I just reached over, hey, how's it going? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like you're not, not even out of breath. This is this is the rule. This is the rule. This is the rule of passing somebody who's climbing on a bike right next to you. Right? So you have to all of a sudden then look like you're comfortable, even if you're not. You must <laughs> yes. you must look over and smile like same you're comfortable. Running. Yeah. We have the same thing. In exactly. Running. Yeah. Yep. That's funny. <laughs> for for two seconds, you got to like hold your breath and be like, oh hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. Evan nice. Price, backpedal for us. Okay, so Matt Matt set it up that I set it up. I have to I have to be the bad guy here. You are. You're kind of the bad. guy. I am the bad guy right <laughs> With now. With your stash, Pick I don't <laughs> juniors. <laughs> you have an evil mustache. I think I, on Saturday night. I'm still night, the only mustache wearer that can twist his mustache while he plots to rule so the world. So he's yeah. actually the only one who's plotting over here. Like <laughs> really, let me, I bring have to, a, <laughs> let me bring in a twist. You can't twist can't, like can't twist. this. Not like that. <laughs> I think I think I have the good guy stash actually. You know, <laughs> I no think good guy stash. There's definitely a good guy stash, like, and I think jumbo I'm doing shrimp. It. There's, no, I think <laughs> there's no good stash. That is true. <laughs> I have the less evil stash. I have a good guy stash. What movie is there where there's a good guy stash? Oh, that's a good question. There's not one. There's nope. not. There's not. There the, really is. The not. bad guy always has a mustache. The bad guy always has a creepy doesn't, mustache. Doesn't Kurt Russell have a couple like good guy roles? Uh, a couple. We'll see All right, we digress, please. Anyway, so. Evan, we, we, we quickly digress into mustache talk <laughs> yeah. all the time. So over the last, I think it's six weeks, I've been riding a lot and finally starting to see some fitness build, I think, in on the bike. Like finally starting to really see that start to come to fruition. I've even been comparing like, volume to like Jordan Rickards on our team has put together a massive month if anybody just saw he wrote like 80 hours this last month 1500 miles 80 hours yeah so, so something wow. crazy just we have a lot of people on the team Tonk is writing volume he's never written before which is incredible like we got some people on the team really amassing some big volume and it's cool because I think a lot of us are starting to see kind of that Robert's been killing it too and I think that there's been this big like spike in fitness lately so you know, uh, we, we need to be getting in a lot of climbing because we're still playing on the last weekend in June doing our Everest attempt, um, Tonk, Guy Van, and, I, uh, and myself. So uh, Tonk was gone for the weekend helping his sister uh, move. And so me and Guy Van were going to ride together. And we're like, we got to get over 10K of climbing in. Like, that's all we got to do today. <clears throat> Which our plan was not to go out to Forest Home and go for the KOM. That was not my plan, at least. That may have been Guy Van's we're, plan. We're talking, about, we're talking about the 10... Thousand foot, ten thousand foot KOM. So yeah. it's like twenty six repeats of this climb. Yeah, which Something is like a okay. lot, and, it, and it's and it's like an eleven percent average climb. Lance, you're not even on the list. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> if you wanted to, you'd, <laughs> you, be, you'd nope. be in the top ten. You haven't <laughs> gone for yeah. You, you, I think only six people have done 10. it, right? <laughs> I think only was, six have it done it. Two people as of the, until this until yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah until until, until Nels went for it. So. Friday, rode Zwift really hard. Um, legs were dead. Saturday, did a virtual almost century with around 10,000 feet of climbing. Legs felt dead. So I wasn't feeling super confident going into Sunday. But I shaved a stash. So I think <laughs> Saturday it. night, the only thing that happened between Saturday and Sunday, outside of me tearing my legs apart on Saturday... <laughs> Was a stash Saturday? So, you did, you said Saturday you did a century indoor. It was close to a century indoor. Yeah, it was like five or five and a half hours or whatever Jeez. on on the bike indoors. It's crazy. So then Sunday, somehow I wake up and the legs don't feel awful, but also I'm getting to ride a new bicycle. Oh, so yeah, I think the combination power. of new bike day, new, new mustache day. day, new bike day, that power. 
I think, I, I, yeah, I think I, it, it was nothing to do with myself. I think it was all these external factors that were, that were playing in, but went out there. The, the plan was just to ride super long. I wanted to get like six hours in. So rode out to force home, picked up, uh, David Goodman and Mike Guyvan. And we go out there. David was going to do quite a few laps. He was hanging in strong too. And Guyvan off the bat was like, let's go for the 10 K KOM. And he wanted to like put it out. Like he wanted to, he wanted us to push this thing. <laughs> Guyvan just recently did a workout where I believe he set himself on erg mode and Zwift for, I could get wrong. I think it was two and a half hours at 280. Two, it was two hours, two hours at oh, 280 two hours at 280. He just set it at erg mode. Did that? anybody yeah. who's ever done a long that workout? Is painful. On, yeah. Like that on erg mode is nuts. I think you just held that from the start. Just boom. Right. I mean, into I've got workouts that I have set up on there that are, just holding like a zone two for me for it's like two thirty or something like that for like an hour and a half. Yeah, that hurts. Oh, they're terrible. Yeah, I, I couldn't hold. There's no reprieve for like on that. Twenty minutes. Yeah, and he did it for two hours. He's grinded on two hours. Yeah, and the the crazy thing is looking at his, his heart rate stayed pretty. Like he said, he was like it felt reasonable. It just mentally yeah. was terrible. You know, he's yeah. pretty lean too. He's he's at he's close to fighting weight right now. So Man. we were both you know like as soon as he wanted to go for it after the first one, I think we averaged like. You know, and, and I'm going off his power meter. I'm a little bit lighter than he is, so he was putting out 310, 315 for that first one. We'll take 10, 15 watts away from me, and it's like, you know, I mean, we just held that up the first time. We're like, that felt comfortable. Second one, that felt comfortable. Third one felt comfortable. Fourth one, and then all of a sudden, we just get into this rhythm. Yeah. Holding over 300 watts each yeah. time up this climb. By the end, Mike ran the stats. It was basically the normalized power for, I think we did in three hours and 14 minutes. Our normalized power was like 310. Wow. It's like 308, 310. You guys were going three hours. You guys were yeah. moving on the downhills too. Like you were tucking. Oh, we were tucking we were, and going. Yeah. yeah. It was a pretty well oiled machine. I, there. I, I love that descent. That that descent is, and we never got off the bikes. Uh, the one time we picked up bottles, we rode into the gravel, grabbed the bottles, throw them on, and go. So yeah. it was. You didn't have no any help, rest. which I think is actually you know huge. You could have uh-huh. gone. You could have gone a minute faster, probably. Yeah. With a little bit of help. Yeah. Uh, any traffic problems? No, cars cars are generally nice on Forest yeah. Home. They're pretty nice. Yeah, and it's I mean, not that busy of a road. I had one truck no. that passed me really close, and I was like, "That guy's." He might have been mad at other cyclists. You he know, was probably then, mad at us. I'm sure, but yeah. yeah. And then that's there's just, there's like no homes on Forest Home or anything like right. that, or other turn. You kind of have to. It's like a cut across road, basically. It's a through road, right? Yeah, yeah. So people are yeah, trying so, to get through it quick. Yeah. So, but I think in general, well, going downhill, you're going faster than the cars right. are. So. No problems going downhill because mm-hmm. they don't need to pass you by any no. means. Yeah. No, yeah. not not at all. But you know, the the bike felt awesome. It's it probably is not like I would never advise anybody being like, oh, you just got a new bike, go ahead and go ride it for six hours with almost thirteen thousand feet of climbing. Feel good though. Oh, it felt great. It felt six pounds lighter than your other bike. Six, it definitely felt six. <laughs> I now realized I was like, oh, this is why climbing never felt like it should for right. me. I was like, I was like, you know, my FTP watts per kilo is not translating to how it feels on the road. Now it does. It felt like that. So did you? So for the people that aren't super familiar with your new bike, why don't you tell them what you got? Yeah. So um, I got an SLR one um, from. From from B, you know BMC and from Jake machine, yep. yeah 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 the, the the team machine, and um it is a beautiful bike and what wheels are on it? Uh, DT Swiss. Okay. Yeah. Um, de- decently light wheels. You know, I mean the, yeah. the the whole bike itself comes out to like sixteen and a half pounds or sixteen pounds, I think. Disc brakes. Yes. How's it? How are the 
braking feel? When, cause you um, were probably... Well, yesterday I was trying to bend the brakes. So like the braking could have felt better, but then towards the end it felt awesome. It, yeah. it like finally grooved itself. Or, yep. yeah, yeah, it just needed I mean, a ride or two. Honestly, it was a great ride to do that on because I was having to bed the brakes basically each time I went down the hill. But what yeah. did you say? Bend the brakes? Bed, uh, like oh, bed. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah. just like the first layer of brake pad. Yeah, just kind of getting to like gives them that groove with the wheel, okay. basically. Yeah. So. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But yeah, um, force, uh, force components. Um, yeah. Ceram's good it's stuff. Like E-tap, Ceram yeah. force axis. Yep. It took me a little bit to get used to how those shift, just because hitting both to switch the front derailleur yeah. was just weird at first. It, it just like yeah. felt strange you, you to learn do. fast, and yeah. then it's super intuitive after. By, that. by the end of the ride, it was like, like didn't oh, have to think about it yeah. again. Did yeah. you keep it in the small ring the whole time? Oh yeah, me and Guy had just two gears. Gotcha. The very last climb, we joked, we used a third gear. <laughs> that oh. was the very last climb was the only time I ever switched out of the two gears I was in. Cool. So. So run through the finish of that 10K. Yeah, so we we were so I was off about on this. our counting. Oh, really? Okay. Like, so we, we, in the beginning, we're like, okay, we'll take turns counting. I think we literally, and Guy Fink can correct me if I'm wrong, I think we made it five laps in before we lost count. <laughs> I think we literally made it five laps. And then all we were talking about was like, man, okay, we feel comfortable. We like kept on talking about, we're like, when is this going to hurt? When is this going to hurt? It really did not hurt. Yeah until our guts started to here's the hardest part about Eversting, I think, is gonna be getting your nutrition right. Yeah. Because this is not your typical ultra cycling thing. Like it's one thing to go and ride two hundred miles, even two hundred and fifty miles, because you can spin down, take time, take in food and hold a hundred watts for an hour if you want. On in Eversadep it's like you got, I mean, we have a minute and 10 seconds to recover each time. And that's also descending where like, you're kind of tense even while you're yeah. descending. Yeah, you have to, especially at that grade at the speed that you're going. I mean, you're not you're on 45 miles. Now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like nutrition, we found this one segment where we're able to, and I'm very lucky that I think through my training, my heart rate staying really low. Like even when we were hitting threshold, my heart rate barely touches 160. Like I'm usually high 150s. Gotcha. That's, that's like as high as it's going to get. But it is hard for my gut to process anything that's not going to be like Swedish fish and Coca-Cola. Really? Because well, I was trying to eat mangoes and it was not easy to eat What mangoes. about taking like taking a lap and being like, I'm going to put in 200 watts yeah. for the, for, you know, for lap five and lap 10. Let and, the heart rate come like all the way down. Heart rate come all the way down. Yep. And you're slow and you're drinking more of that lap and you're eating more. Yeah. And then you get back onto your pace. Co- completely. Maybe. I don't that's, know. That's, that, that's actually what my plan is every 5K I want to do okay. is, is I'm going to take a slow lap. Now, since we were going for this KOM and just wanted to hit right. each lap on, it was hard to take nutrition and we, we, we were trying, but it was hard. And your original plan was something along the lines of hitting 15. Yes. 15. Yeah. Yeah. 15. I, I, I just got time limited at some point. It was yeah. like more than six hours and it's like time to go home. So, yeah. yeah. So last lap, last lap. Yeah. So we, we so, knew that it was the, the KOM was going to potentially, cause you guys were yeah. moving well. Did you know what Nels had done or you didn't we, know? So we had actually caught Nels at some point and then dropped him. So we, we knew we had the KOM by that point. Okay. Now each time down, here was a cool part. Nels, after we dropped him by quite a bit, he held the gap that he had to us yeah, was, for like three laps. He was going deep into the, re- like you could see he was out of the saddle. He was putting his head down and our gap for three laps did not grow. And then the poor kid, I think, I think he just barely missed paced it because then we had like, we went down another time and he had lost a lot of time and we were like, Oh no, he's still got two, three laps. I think he miscounted his laps or I think he misjudged maybe. Or who knows, maybe there. he hopped off and went to the bathroom, like anything. He could may have, happened, have right? he, he, he may have grabbed some water too. Yeah. yeah. Did he start at the same time as you? No, no, no he started really? before us when, when we were three K and I think he was 6,700 in or something like okay, that. So yeah. you were just like. 
able to know exactly what he was doing when he was doing it. You didn't mm-hmm. have it up on a Garmin live segment to watch and see where you're at. You didn't in terms have of his time. No, I think I think Guy Van did, and then it shut off on him for oh. for, for oh. some reason. So we were watching my watch on total distance, uh-huh. and I was getting our lap segments roughly time okay. wise. Yeah, but you know, wow. I mean, like going into that that last lap, we knew that for one we were going to be tied on the KOM for the day because we literally put every single effort out together yeah so it was going to come down to some GPS thing so we just pushed that last lap and I mean pushed did hard. you guys did you guys agree did you were you like let's just hammer the last one that's what I would have said I'd it, be like me and you are going to hammer yeah. the last one whoever yeah. gets it gets it those no those deal. last two we went really we went hard, hard on both the, the last two and the last one I think we both held like five watts per kill the entire time of the last one ouch which was just like it was that point where me and Guy Van were joking after it was like each time one of us would push, the other one would answer, the other one would push, the other one. And we were both just hoping we'd turn off the engine at some point. We're like, why are we pushing? We have the KOM by like almost 10 minutes. Like, why are we continuing, <laughs> why, why are we continuing to torture ourselves here? Because racing. Exactly. Coming, up, coming up the last one where you guys <laughs> because neck we're and not neck. Racing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were neck and I pulled out in front and I thought I was going to drop him. Like, it just that moment when you feel like, okay, I think Guy Van's elastic is starting to him. snap. Yeah. His elastic is like never ending. He just stayed right there. The guy does not. Yeah. He has so much grit. Tough. Like there's so much grit in guy that he just does not snap at any point. And I keep on like I wasn't even looking back. I was just listening for his breathing. And God dang it, he like came right back up to me again. And I'm like, I have to be putting over. I, I do not have a power meter right now, but I was like, I have to be putting out well over 400 watts right now. I am out of the saddle in a gear I haven't touched all day, oh, wow. spinning at 90k. And it's like there's no way he's staying with, but. We basically just hammered all the way up the line and barely in front of him, but it was, I guess, enough to wow. get me the KOM. I, by, I, by I marked seconds, in my strong post. It, it's a tie. Yeah. It's it's a wash. Three hours and 14 minutes, 14 minutes yeah. and 20-something we seconds. Do, we whose do wheel think we was, could go under three hours. We do think if me, Tonk, and wow. Guy went after, we could go under three hours. When you hit that white line, whose wheel was ahead of whose? I think mine was, but Guy Van May couldn't bat that. I, I believe it was mine. I feel like that's like a real finish line. I there's think a, so. There's a white stripe <laughs> right on the road. It's the only finish line I've seen so far this year, so I'm going to pretend like it's finish line. <laughs> so just for reference, how far off is your pacing for the Everstein like record that's currently – Well, I, Yeah. It's three times that. Yeah. It, it, yep. It's actually – it's not even close. It's not even close. It's because not even they they did a yeah. third of it in in three hours and something minutes. Yeah, that's gonna put yeah. them at over nine you, hours. It's for a little around nine, nine hours, hours if they go at that same pace. Seven fifty is the record. Yeah, it's seven forty two. Well, yeah, but the official still seven forty two. Oh, was that Keegan's was seven forty two? My bad. Guy yeah. Guyman's is seven fifty one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Sounds easy. Oh God. I just think it's incredible. I think you'd have to have a different. Road here's here's too. where I think we're really losing it. Okay, outside of the fact of like they're going to be climbing a little bit faster than us. Keegan's descending was so fast. Yeah, he's a pro. Was incredible. Yeah, I mean like his his descending is what's <laughs> going to separate him from other Grand Tour guys that actually try to put an effort up that. Yeah, is like you got to be able to descend like a champ because all those guys are going to be great, great climbers. But God, if you can gain five, 10 seconds on a descent each time, you're not spending energy to get that five, 10 seconds. So that's true. Yeah. Well done, Evan. All right. Anything else? Did you ride Watopia this morning? Yeah. That's fun. Legs are okay. (laughs) Legs are okay. (laughs) Neck feels rough. That's Uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Backpedal hip. Uh, I had a big week, actually. I had a great week on the bike. I did almost 20 hours this last week, which was uh, which was great for me. That's so, good. Uh, the week started off, I, I got on my gravel bike and rode here to the lab and said, Jake, um, let's go ride gravel bikes. And he's like, oh, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sounds about right. One more time. What do you say? <laughs> I'm busy. I'm like, no, go home, get on your gravel bike, and I will meet you there. And so he, he, Jake, <laughs> Jake drives home, finds out there's family stuff going on, and he calls me and says, uh, I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> I got family stuff and I'm like alright and then his wife texts me immediately after and says no Jake can go he needs to go <laughs> I got kicked out of the house guys <laughs> that's pretty funny so Jake and I went and rode gravel bikes for 35 40 40 miles or something, something like, like that, that. Yeah. We, we it was nice we took a couple KMs which we promptly lost about three days later <laughs> so but it was it was great for us to get out the rest of the week uh, I rode with my wife a couple of times, um, which was great. I, I spent a couple of days chasing KOMs around downtown Vancouver, Washington. Did you catch anything fun? Uh, did I catch anything fun? Like a KOM that you were, you know. Uh, yeah, one that I've actually tried several times for, and I finally got it. Which one was it? it it's it's called The Way Back. It's It starts out at Vancouver Lake and ends mm-hmm. up in downtown Vancouver. And okay. I, it, it's like a three... Do you have to hit lights it's correctly mile. on that one? There's, there's one light on it, but it's a right turn at the light, so not okay. necessarily. Is there a K1 that goes up Columbia through downtown? There is, but there's so but many lights. But you have lights. to hit the lights. Yeah, there's so many lights. I think I've seen that one before, and I've never in my life hit those lights on the way back up. Right. I actually more likely am to hit all the red lights than to hit any of the green lights there. So yeah, the, the, the K1 on the way back, I had to average like 25 and a half miles an hour to do it um, through several corners, which is kind of my jam. So I, I was really happy to get that. So I, I, I went for a ride with my wife. It was a nice recovery ride. I went like 40 miles. We ended up in downtown Portland, which we haven't been in several months because we've just stayed Avoided away. It. Yeah. But uh, it was beautiful. There weren't many people out. We ended up going by where one of the protests was going on. Ooh. And it was actually the calm, collected part okay. of the protest. It was actually very cool to be a part of that when we saw it. Um, that's a whole nother issue. But, um, yeah, so I ended up having a great day. Uh, yesterday, uh, Sunday, a, a couple of teammates pinged me in the morning and says, hey, we're going to do uh, this ride called Ladoine, which is a local Portland thing. It's like it's like the Ronde PDX where it's all condensed, steep climbing. It's all the hardest climbs in this one like neighborhood, mm-hmm. and which is not my forte at all. But um, it's like 48-mile course and 8,000 feet of climbing in 48 miles. So it's just – it you just hit these sharp thing after sharp thing. Do you have the gears for that? Or you I, run, I did not – ha- Some of those – I mean, those things are like walls. Yes. Like there's some 28% gradients <sighs> and yeah. some consistent 18% gradients for a couple miles – and then some short, steep stuff that is just ridiculous. I did not have a climbing cassette on. I think I had a, I think I have a twenty-eight. Okay. And um, I went with uh, a real a real man would have gone a twenty-three. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. so dumb. There were four of us that went, four teammates, which was great. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris Hannell, which super climber, John Hatfield, super climber, yeah. me, not so good of a climber, and Ian Gibson, not so good of a climber. Me and me and Ian are pretty good sprinters, and those two are pretty good climbers. Me and Ian. That's a fun group, man. Yeah, so it was just the four of us. That's a fun group. We had a great time together. We all, 
me and Ian just struggled up every steep climb because <laughs> we both had regular cassettes on. We yeah. didn't have climbing cassettes. The other two smart ones had climbing cassettes on, and so they would spin up the thing while me and Ian were pushing 400 watts just to stay upright. But uh, it it ended up we just it was a great day, and I ended up feeling actually really good, way better than I expected. Good enough that by the time I got home, I got to the house and I was at like 9,200 feet, and I thought, okay, I need to get Evans out here doing 10k and. You can go climb. Three hours. So I did like five laps of Ellsworth Road to get to 10K so that I could actually get over 10K for the It second. takes five laps? I feel like that's a decently sized, that's a decent sized climb. Yeah, it took five laps. Dang. Yeah, to do hmm. it. So, But I ended up 80 miles and 10,000 10, feet of climbing, feet. and I was super happy with that. It's a big and day. It was a big day. I had a great week. I actually feel really good today. I, I thought I'd be more ruined. You going out? Um, today's really supposed to be my day off. Gorgeous out there right yeah, now. Yeah, I know, but it's it's tempting. It's also we're it's my daughter's birthday this week, and yeah, we might do something tonight for her. Fun. So. It's a secret. She listens to the podcast. She can find out about the secret, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so that was my week, Jake. I uh, yeah, I have nothing really to report. Had a boring week. <laughs> Hard pass. Yeah, kind of like Matt. It's um. You know, works good when your hours are down. So, I've, and that's the way that it's been. And the the running joke in the the cycling industry right now is like bikes are turning into the new toilet paper. I mean, you know, yeah. you couldn't find toilet paper not too long ago. Like that's the way it is with bikes; it's hard to find. So, um, the the moral of that story is, is the cycling industry is busier than it's been ever, according to certain analysts. Right. So, um, you know, between the service work, between new bike sales, and people just with general questions and inquiries, and just trying to get through all this work. I haven't had time to really ride the way that I want to. So it's a couple trainer rides. Yeah. And then, you know, I did get out. For the, the highlight of my week was probably going for that gravel ride with Lance because yeah. that was fun. It was a good workout. And um, yesterday I didn't get the climbing memo. Or I, I did. I ignored it. Like, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I'm just going to go do flat stuff because um, my shoulder's not ready for, for climbing. And I just got all of the notes from my doctor in terms of the stuff that they want to do to my shoulder. And I'm like, oh, God, this is going to really suck. Uh, there's there's more to it than I – The recovery's going to be more, rough. Yeah. Damn so it. I don't know, um, which is a good thing because I want to get it done and over with and fixed. I don't know if it's going to be completely better, but um, I just want to get past that. But I can't go do that climbing consistently, and I'm still feeling it from the – the gravel ride that we did last week yeah. at 8,000 feet of climbing. So um, just went out, kept it flat, did some uh, some 20-minute interval stuff and some other shorter intervals. And that was good. It was a good workout. And, yeah, that was my week. So nothing fun to, to report. So Number of hours were okay? A little uh, eight and a half. Oh, that's not bad. It's not where I want to be. I wanted to be at 10. Sure, but so eight and a half is pretty <laughs> close. Down five hours for, from the week before. So I guess I can just average the two out and say yeah. I'm still over. For a but. bad week, eight and a half is pretty damn yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. So... Let us jump into some lead out news. Lead Champ out Bailey round? News. Hey, Champ, Champ Bailey here. <laughs> lead out. There he is. <laughs> I got a couple things to talk about. This weekend was supposed to be Dirty Kanza. And Dirty Kanzled. And, yeah, and, yeah. And Kanza did not happen. And, and because of that, several of the Kanza pros who were going to race it did some big rides this weekend. Um, first off, uh, Alex Howes. Uh, EF uh, Education First Pro. He actually rode from Boulder all the way to Kansas and tried to do it in a certain amount of time. <laughs> so from rode from Boulder, Colorado, 220 miles all the way to Kansas, which was 
uh, pretty impressive. It's not a short trip. No, it's funny. He um, um, he had a tracker on him so that you could track how fast he was going because people were trying to do sections with him. Yeah. And uh, when he got there and and turned around and shuttled the car back, he forgot to turn his tracker off. So his tracker shows him going all the way out there on gravel roads and trying coming back at you know, eighty miles an hour. <laughs> anyway. That was one. Um, another one, uh, Lachlan Morton, and also an education first uh, rider. He did. He broke the world record on the Cocopelli Trail, which is a hundred and fifty mile single track mountain bike trail from Moab. A hundred and fifty miles. One hundred and fifty miles. Wow! It's single track. Single track. It's a long way. It's from it's from Moab, Utah, to. Loma, Colorado. So, oh my gosh. yeah, it's this big long thing. He wasn't really planning on breaking the world record when he did it. Um, he actually like destroyed a tire and had to change a wheel in the middle of it, and and his his lights died in the middle of the night and had wow. to yeah. So he had some issues, but he still broke How many the world hours record. Was that ride? I want to say it was eleven. 11 hours, 14 minutes. That's flying. I was gonna guess it had to be like 15 or 16 yeah. hours. Then. That's eleven incredible. hours, 14 minutes. So pretty impressive that he. He did that. So another big thing. Uh, the other big ride that happened this week, and this is almost ridiculous. When I saw this, I didn't think it was real. But Ted King. Ted King's ride, yeah. Did yeah. a ride yesterday um, from somewhere in Vermont where he lives to, I don't know. Exactly. It's a famous highway ride, if I remember right. But he did it all on gravel. Yeah. I think it runs along a route that he's done before, but he's done it before on road, I he, think. I, he Oh, here's what it is. He he traversed the entire state of Vermont from the northern border to the southern border, all on gravel roads. So the ride was... It's a beautiful state. It's cool that he can even do that. Yeah. It's a beautiful state, yeah. <clears throat> the ride was 310 miles. <sighs> it took him just over 20 hours. Oh, my gosh. 34,000 feet of vertical. Whoa. 34,600 feet of vertical. It's Good job, Ted. Oh, my God. That is... Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. 34,000... How do you... Like, where did he find... You would literally go to a convenience store and be like, I'll take all of your chips. He, he, like, he, I need all the food. He had a camera following him for most of it. Yeah. And, and yeah, and there's... there's. I saw on his Instagram story that, like, he pulled into a... He goes, I'm going to put my mask on and go into this convenience store and buy everything they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how many Coca Colas do you have? I'll take and, all of them. Took all that stuff. <laughs> so, pretty amazing thing there. Um, two Eversting things to talk about because it's such an interesting thing is, that, like, all of a sudden with this the COVID nineteen thing, like the Eversting is like everything just popular. blew up. Yeah, and it's because you can do it by yourself. Yep. And all these pros that give them something, challenge. it's a real challenge. Yeah. So the first thing is the uh, the women's Eversting world record was broken okay. again. Uh, Katie Hall had broke it like last week mm -hmm. in 10 hours and two minutes. And Lauren DiCrescenzo, a pro in Georgia, broke it by going under 10 hours. She did it in nine hours and 57 minutes. Congratulations, but, Laura. Yeah. I know she's a big listener. <laughs> <laughs> she climbed uh, the, the, is it called Hog Gap Road? Oh, I've heard of that road. Yeah, it's because uh, Phil Guyman has done oh, a bunch of stuff on yeah. Hog Gap. Okay. I wonder if it's like north of Atlanta or something. But yeah, it's somewhere yeah out there that she... I'm trying to... There's some good climbing. I feel like... Didn't Lance Armstrong do some stuff 
and I don't know. There's, I feel like there's a tour yeah. of Georgia. There's all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that that was part of the big news. The other big thing was Emmanuel Buckman's mm-hmm. is a, um, a a French pro rides for the uh, Bora. I don't know if he's French actually. I think he's German. I thought. Yeah, he might be. I, I apparently I'm not as prepared for. Um, he rides for Bora. It's yeah, okay. he's Same from team. Bora. He does ride for Bora. Same team as Peter Sagan. He Same is team German. as Peter Sagan. He is German. Finished fourth overall at the Tour de France last year. Yes, last year he was always in the last selection on those climbs. Yeah. He is one of the wow. top five climbers in the world. Yeah. So yeah, so he went yeah. out and took a stab at Everesting, and he finished. He thought in seven hours and twenty something minutes would be wow. breaking Keegan's record by, by like twenty minutes. By twenty minutes, yeah. said that was one of the hardest things he'd ever done in his life. Correct. Yes. Yep. Said. And but it turns out that his record does not count because he did not quite follow the rules. I think yeah. every everyone's question is, why didn't you follow the rules? Why that's, didn't you look at the rules? That's the biggest. Because clearly he just didn't even read the rules. He was just like, you just got to climb this much. That's, that's not a great. That's not question. How it goes. Well, it was pretty close, but he just had one climb to get to where he was going that he included in that. Correct. Yes. So, so he he did. There were a couple rule breaks. Actually, yeah, there was yeah. two things that yeah. he he broke. One was. He, he climbed to the same point, but to get to that peak, he climbed the west side and then descended down the east side and then did all his laps on the east side. So yeah. they but weren't he, all on the same but one. But he counted that first No, but if he, he had counted not the first counted one. that first Correct. climb, he would have been fine. Yeah. But he counted but it. But he counted it. And so that was well, one it, yeah. rule. Because you're supposed to do it on the same climb. Right. It repeats on the same climb, not multiple climbs. Mm-hmm. The other thing is his... He counted his his riding time, not the elapsed yes. time, which I think is the biggest rule break the of that. Time, yeah. I think yeah. that that's the biggest rule break. Yeah. So he stopped somewhere in there for something and didn't count the time that he stopped. Right. It was only twenty minutes or fifteen minutes or something, but yeah. he didn't count that time. That but he still stopped. puts him way closer to Keegan's time. Than yes. That. Yeah. Did he? Well, minus the whole like starting point, if he hadn't done the, the the climb repeatedly on the same one would his uh, elapsed time have beaten keegan I, i'm not sure i think we so. don't know because we don't i don't think we that. know because we don't know how long he took the break i think technically we well, we're not sure whatever device he's using is going to show that i mean whenever yeah. you finish a ride you oh, get a breakdown your, of your moving time and your elapsed time. your elapsed time even if you pause it okay it's gotcha. just like all that effort and he he blew it by I, did he make any mention of doing it again or taking another shot at he it? He didn't say. I bet you it's one of those things where he's like, hell no. And then he'll be like another two weeks and he'll be like, I'm going to go do it again. Same with Phil Guyman. Yeah. Yeah. He, he finished and was like, I'm never doing that yeah. again. He's puking in the bushes right. at the end of his. Yeah. And then yeah. five days later, like, he does okay. a 15,000 foot, you know, training climb right. because he's like, he's like, I've got to do this again. Yeah. 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 So, so I don't know. I'll put I'll put my money on Phil getting it back. I think it, you're right. I although think Phil's get it. I think one of, if if one of these type of riders, which I'm talking about the the Grand There's Tour a, yeah, top like five top, finishers, top ten climbers, top ten guys, any of those yeah. people, yeah, they'll put it out of reach. There's yeah. like that in that seven twenty. Take range. Bernal down to there's, sea level. There's yeah. probably thirty or forty right. World Tour pros that could easily take down this record it's just if they yeah went out and did it which now's the time because they're not racing so it's a good way to get your name in the news (laughs) right seriously if i'm bora i'd look at the team and be like hey 
uh, take your best pi- climber, please, and have them go and get this. And we're going to post it all over our social media. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. There's real value to that. There that is. I think yeah. that the teams should recognize. It's not, yes, it's not a pure racing thing. Yeah. But you don't have that as an option right now. Also, so. that's a great training day for the Tour de France. If you want to talk about, like, if we were well. just training, hey, we're only training for Grand Tours here, it'd be like, oh, 29,000 feet is a pretty good long day yeah. to get in the tank. <laughs> yeah. Mice will train for that. Yeah. Right. Talk about, so. yeah, eight Cold hours crazy. of pure intervals. I don't know if you guys want to talk about the uh, second half of the Lance Armstrong um, oh, documentary absolutely. that came out. We, do. we can, Jay can set a timer on us and then he'll cut us off at some point. All right. I'm going to give you guys a minute or two and a half minutes. Go. What? Two and a half minutes? Are Go. you kidding me? You're okay, wasting fine. it. You're, you're cutting into oh, it now. Start talking. It. Okay. Um, so Evan and I have seen it. Uh, yes. Jake and Matt have not. You're ruining it for us right now. <laughs> We're going to ruin the heck out of it. Okay. Here is my biggest takeaway from that and Lance's strongest point in this documentary is if you look at how cycling media has shaped that era you look at an entire era of people who were openly now we know as a doping generation my personal opinion is previous generations were also doping not to that level because EPO was not around yet and EPO was rocket fuel compared to what they were doing in the past but when we talk about the 90s let's just talk about the 90s in general and early 2000s you're talking about an entire generation of stars and winners who were now wiped off the map across multiple sports. Across yeah. multiple sports, but we'll just like like yeah, yeah, boil sure. it yeah. down to cycling for that. Yeah. So okay. like, you you look at that, and Lance made the point: certain countries have embraced some of those stars mm-hmm. and then squandered other ones, yeah. and really hard squandered, like ruined lives. Sort Canceled. of squandered. Yep. Cancel. Yeah. Well, some people have been destroyed and others yes. are still celebrated. So my problem is why in America do we allow someone like Jonathan Vodders to sit there and trumpet a clean team while Lance Armstrong is not allowed to compete in amateur triathlons? Here's my issue with it. Because Lance is an asshole. Yes. But <laughs> bleep that. Here's 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 I'm what, gonna turn the volume up on that one. Here's here's in my last sixty seconds, here's my point is that you need to look at that documentary does a good job at showing why Lance developed the way he is. Now, is that Lance's fault to some extent? Absolutely. Not making excuses for the monstrous yep. things he did. But here's the issue. Cycling has become way far away from its roots. Cycling's roots were raw. We're talking poor people riding bikes, miners riding that bikes. That has nothing to do with Armstrong's this attitude. This does. This does. Let me let me finish. Let me finish before Lance <laughs> before Lance vehemently disagrees with me. If you look at guys like Floyd Landis, Lance Armstrong, Jan Ulrich, Marco Panettone, they came from very different backgrounds than a lot of the cycling world at that time. Not right. saying that this is a socioeconomic issue, but I think it is to some extent. It is easier to like a Bobby Julek, a Jonathan Vodders, a Tyler Hamilton. They come from higher socioeconomic. They are more polished. Their speech is much better. They're easier for media to get behind after this. Yeah. What Vodders did, what Hamilton did, what Hincapie did, which Lance even points out, which is funny because him and George are very good friends they still. They are still. But he makes together. a good point is why do we embrace George? George has admitted, Lance did not force me to dope. They did the right. same thing. Now- all of them, all of them admitted. Uh, Hincapie, yes. uh, Vodders, Tyler uh, Hamilton, Tyler Hamilton, Tyler Hamilton, Floyd is Landis, a, Tyler Hamilton, um, in his own mind, still likes to pretend Christian like Vlandevel. Lance held him down and doped him. Yeah. Tyler Hamilton, I will never, but I, I think is too is, whiny for you, isn't he? He is. He's way yeah. too whiny for me. I will get behind Floyd Landis, which is funny because I love Floyd. Floyd is raw. That guy came from. I mean, he. What's funny because. 
like he he is Floyd Landis is the one person Lance, Lance Armstrong not, would not not even forgive. talk or mention. He that that to me really showed how much of a sociopath Lance Armstrong actually kind of is. Not only not I, only did, I think Floyd and him are way more alike than they would both like to admit or realize. Yeah, I know. The but, difference but is the one is that, much more of an alpha personality than the other. But he forgives yeah. all these other people, and yeah. because Floyd was the whistleblower, he will not he forgive, will not forgive Floyd. They didn't yeah. really quite go into detail as to why there was so much vitriol between the two. There may be something but else there. But something yeah. else must have happened yeah, because, I agree. because when they he asked him why he wouldn't forget him. He won't even go into it. Oh He's just like, gosh, no. He was yeah. so angry about it. Yeah. But also... What kind of sociopath doesn't know doesn't know his own son's football jersey number? What kind of oh, sociopath? Come on. Wait, doesn't oh. know how to how to grate cheese or use a potato peeler? Who's Hold never on. peeled a potato in his life? Hold what on. kind of sociopath doesn't do that? I don't understand okay. that. Hold on, he has been very supportive of his son's life after he is. He's I been know. very very involved in his child's life. The potato scene is ridiculous. I completely agree with you. That was awful. The man it, literally it, almost sliced off his finger it there. Just was shows, it cheese or potato? I don't, it, it was, was cheese. It was, it it was, was Parmesan cheese. cheese he was shaving, and he yeah. took off the tip of his finger. So path, oh. but, still. But, but I think the, the thing that disturbs me is it, it just – those were like two little things that show – how self-absorbed he still is. It was his scrimmage is. number. He still is. He saw his scrimmage number it's and thought that was the number. It's your freaking son. You know His son may not have mentioned him that. I don't even remember my own number from soccer. <laughs> anyway, we've gone overboard, haven't we, Jake? Yeah, about four or five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I I certainly respect what Armstrong has done, and I'm glad that he's tried to be— It's clearly worth the watch for anybody it, it's, listening. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so definitely you can argue with watch, your friends. But, but argue there, with your friends about it. There were things that just made me go— I think the documentary does a good job at sh- giving you a look into what develops a person as a whole. And then right. you can look at that and say, I still hate Lance Armstrong. Or you can say, I understand the story. Right. Not saying you sympathize with Lance Armstrong, but you can say, I understand the story now. I don't I don't hate him. I'm, I'm, I'm the one at the table who's actually named Lance. To him. <laughs> and I'm named Lance, although I'm two years older than him, so he's he's really leaning after me. Yes, yeah. true. But mm-hmm. yeah. it reminds this me of that true. ride that we did on the gravel bike. This is true. When we were flying through the, is it called Over the River and Through the Woods or something like that, that segment? Yeah. And Oh, yeah, that's right. This was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Lance it tied me on a, a segment was it like about a year ago? Oh, yeah, something like and that. And you're on your gravel bike just hauling butt. And like you tied my segment. I'm like, I'm going to come get you, you sucker, someday when I get a gravel <laughs> bike. So we're going through there. Legs feel pretty good. I'm like, I'm going to go for it. And I'm just hammering, going super hard. And I come flying up this hill. And there's this group of people sitting on the bench. They're like, go, Lance. Like joking. And I'm like, oh, he's behind me. And they're like, they're like huh? And I, I come by like 20 seconds later. And they're like, go, Lance. And I'm like, oh, thank you for knowing my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure oh, they were yeah. just making fun of us. Yes, because yes. of Lance Armstrong. <laughs> but, but I, I never just, know who recognizes me out in the wild, right? You never know. You're kind of a big I'm deal. I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah, I didn't hesitate deal. for a second. I'm like, I know exactly <laughs> what they're talking about, but th- almost this, almost as relative as or, or relevant as Lance Armstrong. Yeah, almost. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I knew one, exactly who they were talking about, and it was kind of funny. One, one of the best quotes from the documentary, no matter if you hate the quote or not, was the interviewer asked Lance. Do you what was it? Do you think you're still relevant? No. Do you still, do you still you want, want to be relevant again? Relevant again. Do you yeah. want to be rele- relevant again? Is yeah. that why you're doing all this stuff? Yeah. Because you want to be relevant again. His and answer said, was, "I am relevant." Yeah. And not just that, relevant. he's vehemently saying, "I am very relevant." Which I agree with. Pe- yes. I mean, pe- people can sit there. He is co- he is cocky and hubris. All of that. Yeah. But to me, 
That question's ridiculous because the fact is, did you tune no, in to watch it? Was a it? Great question because yes. we're talking about it. And second, it of, yeah. and second yeah. of all, I'm saying it's a ridiculous it, question because it is. It is a good question, but it's ridiculous to think that. Yeah, he, it's like he even qualifies it when he says it. He says yeah. people aren't going to want to hear this, right. but yeah. I'm going to say it anyway. I am relevant. Yeah, yeah. and he's correct. Yeah. No, he's not. You don't think so? No, he's history. He's no, a he's he's a, he's a moment in history. He, if you yeah, look at the greater it, population of people on the whole, anybody that knows sports at all, yeah. Lance is a moment in history. He's still not a relevant person. They don't like. There's a very small sect of people that know who Lance is and what he's still doing to this day with his podcast. Yeah. Yep. And that that group of people, let's be honest. I mean, cycling is not a huge thing here in the United States, and outside of the United States, they don't care for the man. So he's not yeah. relevant. So the percentage of people who still know who he is and what he's doing, granted, his little podcast does well. I'll yeah. listen to him. I think it's fine to listen to. But the greater population, you go ask anybody that you see so for the rest of the day, is Lance Armstrong still relevant, or is he just a moment in history that's associated with doping and cycling? He's history. He's not a relevant person oh, in this day and age. I, I, I disagree. disagree. I disagree. Because I think that if I you're, think, I if think you're his asking, cancer research fund was is has has historical relevance. And what's the name of that research fund now? It's not Livestrong anymore. No, but it's not. He was because still the founder. He's still the founder. Still, he did good things, but yeah. it was it a is, moment. It, so it was a moment in time. Is it still called Livestrong? Yeah, yeah, it is. I think I the, thought they uh, they rebranded it. No. Well, they they rebranded it but kept the name. Okay, I haven't even seen or heard of that foundation in easily six or seven years easily maybe even longer yeah i I mean yeah i think we can assume that the question was do you think you're still relevant in cycling i mean yes we could we could assume that it was the other way around that just relevant in general general, but i have a feeling that they intended it to be like do you think you're still relevant in cycling and i think his answer is cycling relevant in general the answer probably he was was relevant when he was at the top of his game he transcended all sports everybody knew who he was he was in movies he was in tv shows he was talked about he transcended the sport and now he now he does not he's known as the armpit of the sport for right. a time yes. period and what he's doing now is yeah. not relevant to anybody i think he thinks he's relevant because he still has an audience yeah he still has a huge audience yeah. he has a huge it, audience i mean you're still. talking about cycling which is not the hugest sport and he has a big audience within cycling so i mm-hmm. think he's relevant within the sport of cycling if that's our metrics yeah because he has i would it's hard to say which podcast is the top podcast in cycling but it's probably it's his. probably the move yeah they actually mm-hmm. Trainer Road is like a huge one. No, right? the 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 move is the most the popular Connors. cycling podcast yeah. on okay. Apple's. Yeah. So I would say then that he is relevant just for that currently. Mm-hmm. Now, in my opinion, personally, there is another podcast called the Dialed Podcast, which I think is going to really give it a run for its <laughs> money in the next we, year. We love both of our listeners out I there. I think so. Yeah. Here, here both of you are about. very relevant to <laughs> us. <laughs> but we're talking about Lance we're talking about one of which is my we're mother. talking about him. he's yes. also he was also on ESPN I think that's I, th- I mean I think he's I think relevant. having a documentary on you right after Michael Jordan just had a documentary is Michael Jordan still is relevant? relevant oh yeah absolutely I think then, so too then Lance now, Armstrong's relevant if you go and look at the uh, the the statistics and the metrics and everything that they use to determine whether or not that show that they're doing on him right now mm-hmm. was good. It's kind of a flop, was it? Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, because well, they may be comparing it to the Last Dance. They well, compared to comparing last it dance, to tough. the Michael Jordan documentary. It's tough. I'm sure, it's a flop. That, that's a tough comparison. Yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, yeah. basketball compared to cycling, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. Yeah. There's Do just, I want to watch that? Absolutely. Am I interested in him? Yes. Do I yeah. care about what he's doing right now? Sure. Why not? Yeah. But I'm a big cycling homer. I mean, yeah. Yeah. right. Exactly. If you're not yeah. actively on a bicycle and out there competing, I mean, even if you yeah. think about your your club cyclist who doesn't care about racing at all, yeah, does that person care about Lance Armstrong? 
Probably or not. is he just a moment in time, a moment in history? Yeah. yeah, but I think that, God, I mean, almost everybody is just a moment in history. You can even look at a Tiger Woods. He's a moment in history. Tiger Woods isn't relevant anymore. Still playing. If we want to play by that role. Well, I mean, Lance he is still doing a podcast. He won the Masters last year. Yeah, I know, but he's still not relevant. <laughs> in the you sense don't like, of what he was Because before. you don't like golf. <laughs> might, might not be the best yeah. analogy. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> from, that's from me example. being a very casual golfer in my past, like, I haven't paid attention to Tiger Woods since he was winning. If you put out a poll around the world of who's more relevant today, Tiger Woods or Lance Armstrong, that's a Lance Lance Armstrong. Tiger Woods. No, Tiger Woods. Lance Armstrong. (laughs) I'm not going to back off that. No, no, really. I think think what Lance has done outside of cycling (laughs) makes him wildly more relevant. Wildly more relevant. In your world, it becomes more relevant. Not in the world. You do understand during that documentary, they commented that he literally had contact with John McCain during his like case you think tiger woods was up there with politicians yes during yes his, you think tiger woods sure. yes. he crashed his car after cheating on his wife and got the door beat in yes that yeah. he was contacting governors <laughs> sure no no lance I, is more hey, relevant. I, did cassie let you put your lance armstrong poster up in the room <laughs> she did actually yeah <laughs> so in in evan's defense on that horrible Matt, analogy. Please, please side with me, Matt. <laughs> I, am, I am because I love to argue. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that golf might not be as popular worldwide as cycling. I could be I completely wrong. I think golf has become extremely popular in the U.S. over the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. Or maybe because of Tiger Woods. So, yeah. Somewhere in that range. It, it also, was, I'm not I'm not down-talking Tiger Woods, but I mean, I actually really do like Tiger I, I think like, the guy's incredible. But like, I, I, I'm really thinking, if you look at a global stage over the last 20, 30 years, Lance Armstrong is more relevant. I feel like early 90s golf was not more that recognizable. big thing. The Armstrong name anyway. is synonymous with something. Like, literally synonymous. Like, not a good the, thing. The term, no, it's not, but... <laughs> Tiger Woods isn't synonymous Think of how many things something? have strong after them. That became like a thing for a while. It was like you throw strong after something. Like, that was a... I mean, you never threw Woods behind something. Not that I'm saying it may have just been like the name fit better with things than anything else. Right, I think we need to come back to this okay. another day. We're not, no, we're not making yeah. any progress with that. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll just continue to argue about this. Yes. I'm probably not going to be convinced otherwise. That. Not for nothing, but I get to work with Evan, and it's quite funny because I'll be in here cranking away on stuff, and I'll hear him out there working with his patients, and he loves loves to talk about Lance and every oh, yeah. patient who comes oh, through yeah. the door he's he's like so did you watch that Lance thing and then it's like another half an hour conversation of him just kind of like it's getting, all, like trying it's, to plug it's Lance only, it's Lance only with the cycling patients it's only, actually so, that's not true even I think I've done it with a couple non-cycling I like, patients I think Lance yeah. Armstrong needs to hire you, hire you as his new I could be his hype man I'm yeah. sure I could be his hype man we, yeah. he, he's already relevant he doesn't need any more help this is that's true. true I just feel like Evan that's should true. meet Lance Armstrong at some point just we should bring him out of the podcast kind of his biggest fan yeah Oh, I'm sure he just brushed me off and be like, who is this kid? And I'd be fine with that. <laughs> you drinking the Kool-Aid strong? I feel like oh, I've been drinking the Kool-Aid strong, strong, strong since like 1998. <laughs> I've been drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Hey, real quick. Our Patreons, again, thank you for that. Um, just wanted to do a quick spotlight on one of our Patreons who um, is the Hamnes family. That would be uh, Terry and Jenny. They did a pretty cool ride over this weekend. They went out and did the McKinsey Pass ride. Um, Ooh, have you guys done cool. that before? I've never mm-hmm. done it. Well, I have. Awesome. Yep. It's a beautiful ride. I did it with Andy Levine last year. Okay. Yeah. yeah the road's still closed uh, to cars, which is beautiful. So you can go out there and get the full experience. And there's still some really big snow banks on the sides of the road, which yeah. is kind of neat. But it looks like, though, the weather was great. It looks like they had a great time. He went out there, Terry, with his wife, Jenny, and they just went and hammered it and had a good time. So um, good job on that ride. And just wanted to say, keep on riding on. Thank you, Hamness family. 
Thank you. Thank and you. Good job. Awesome ride. Yep. If anybody's interested in becoming a Patreon, <laughs> you can go to our website, dialpodcast.com, and you can find the Patreon link there. Or you can just go to Patreon and uh, on their website, just do a search for Dial Podcast and look at the different things that we have offered there. And if you want to become a Patreon, we would greatly appreciate it. So just want to say thanks again. Um, mm -hmm. Let's move into our topic for today. We've got about two minutes to discuss that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this could actually be Set the timer. really quick. Yeah. Set the timer. Yeah. <laughs> but it probably won't be. No, we've got some time to, to run through this. Um, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in this world. 2020 has been, um, gosh, not one for the the books. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of things that we want to just really work on getting past. We've been quarantined for a long time, and now we've got riots going on around the country. Um, I don't want to get into the, the reasons for that or the politics behind it and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, I think that there's a, a definite stress level on people in general from, you know, everything from just everything. I think it really started from being cooped up for a lot of months and then some bad things happened. And um, I think people are kind of starting to go a little bit sideways. So the topic we wanted to talk about was m the mental health benefits that you get from exercise. Mm -hmm. um, wanted to kind of run through that and maybe help push a few people into to, um, because a lot of people who listen to this are already out there riding their bike or they're out there doing triathlons or they're out there running. Mm -hmm. um, but for these people to be armed with the different reasons why exercise is so beneficial to you from a mental health standpoint would be good because then they can go out and they can start to um, tactfully preach that to people. I, I hate to use that word preach because you don't want to like be shoving stuff down people's throat, but you can help educate them. Like if you know people who are feeling anxious or feeling um, burdened or run down or uh, there's a myriad of different things and, and mental health being one of those big things, if we can have these people be armed with some of the things that we're going to talk about, that might be a good way to get more people out there exercising and, and bring down, uh, you know, stress and maybe make people a little bit happier and get more people out you know, riding bikes, which is always a good thing. Um, I think that would be great. So I just want to kind of run around the table and let you guys start putting some stuff out there. I know that Evan was pretty excited about this one, so I'm going to let mm -hmm. him start. But put some things out there that um, are benefits from uh, exercise and let us know what you got. Yeah, Go yeah. For it. Um, I think, you know, just, just in general for, and I'll speak for the, for the younger generation just because I do treat some high schoolers right now. Um, and you know, just, just for, for that generation, I think uh, as we get older, a lot of us develop either good or bad, um, coping mechanisms for stress in life and the world. And right now we live in an environment where we are bombarded with a lot of rough realities, rough realities that, um, you know, affect some of us worse than others. Obviously, um, certain minority groups of the African-American community is heavily affected by these when, when we're talking about being bombarded with certain messages all all the time, and um, for the younger populations, it's really hard for I think them to to cope with a lot of these things because they just don't have as much life experience. You know, I'm sitting at a table with the least life experience here, but you know, all of you have been bombarded with stress in your life, and you've developed certain habits and and methods to deal with that. Um, when you're young, and if you're a younger person listening to this understand that your your own response to what goes on is is all that you can control um and that can be a very positive response for yourself and for people around you but if you take care of yourself first then i think you can be a positive influence on those around you so you know first and foremost is you have to be able to work out these stresses with you know cortisol dump and cortisol being a hormone that does a lot of things but in small doses it's great because it can trigger fight or flight issues and can save your life if you're being chased by a lion. Yep. But in longer doses can cause health issues. 
So when we're talking about the benefits of exercise, one of the benefits is that it decreases that constant cortisol dump as its, its, its effectiveness on certain organs, on certain systems too. So it's, you know, whenever people say like, oh, I just feel like I need to go for a run and like just get this worked out of my system, they're really not far off the truth of what's actually happening. Yeah. Is when you have this pent up anger, this pent up aggression, this pent up existential crisis at the world right now, let's say, the only thing you can control is sometimes what you do. And as a young person, that's a really important lesson to learn right now is that if the only thing you feel like you can do to make yourself feel better is go for a run. Or in Matt's case, open up your back door and go into a trail that's right outside your door and go for a run. Or run around your neighborhood or jump on your bike and hammer up a hill. You need to make that habit now when you are young and when you have the time. Because a lot of young kids got a lot of time on their hands right now. So if you can build those habits right now, I think the, the long-term health benefits we can go into later here. But I think just building that habit is the very first health benefit. is just the habit itself. Yeah. Because it's a positive habit. Yeah. yeah. If you think about it, like the cycling community on the whole for me, cause that's where I run in my circles mm-hmm. and you guys are cycling and triathlon. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, the running joke is like cyclists are all just such cool people on the whole. I mean, sure. There's going to mm-hmm. be a few a-holes out there. Lance Armstrong. Um, so, you know, they're just cool people, but then you start to think about like kind of like the science and the, the, the um, physiology behind that. And well, a lot of it has to do with these people that are going out and they're riding and they're, they're, getting that constant exercise and they're, they're, they're kind of like balancing out their lives and they have this different Mm -hmm. disposition. And a lot of that comes from just the benefits that come from the exercise and they're just good people. And and I'm sure it's kind of the same in triathlon. I mean, you do get a few more type A's in there that can be a little bit more high strung. There's no good people in triathlon. I think (laughs) last time I I mean, I, I grew up running. I was a Mac guy. Yeah. I grew up running. So you saw it and running a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, Cool, easygoing people. Typically, there's a reason most of our circles are triathlon runners, cyclists, and those are the people that like you know give you the whole lane when they're driving their car by you, and they're they're not roid raging you because or road raging, roid raging. They're on roids too. Roids and road raging. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yelling at you because you're riding your bike. I mean, those people like they kind of get it, but they're also they're just like they're just more chill. I, mm-hmm. There's got there 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 has to be a correlation there, folks. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because they're tired all the time, you know. Maybe I don't runners. Know. Yeah, if you run ten miles a day, it's really hard to get super angry. <laughs> it's tough to get angry. It is tough to get angry when you're tired. That yeah. is for sure. Well, there, there's yeah. actual scientific evidence that yes. exercise releases endorphins in mm-hmm. your system. It's the yep. same type of dopamine hit that your brain gets if you took heroin. Yeah, works off the same system. It the dopamine works off the same cycle. System. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Just the fact that doing that exercise for at least thirty minutes, three to five times a week, you are you're gonna, your body's gonna get hit with endorphins. That just makes you feel better. Yeah. Period. And the cool thing about dopamine too is dopamine is released basically with the plan of movement. So like as movement occurs, that's when dopamine is released. As an activity is completed. Now the problem is is that that can depend completely on the person and the environment of that person. Right. So for us, that th- this is why any cyclist who takes like four days off the bike, you start to feel incredibly antsy. Yep. The reason you feel antsy yeah. is because that dopaminergic cycle has not been triggered for a while. Yeah. So in the same sense as Lance had mentioned, if you are a heavy drug user, you're talking off the same cycle basically. But that's why I say it, it, it's all about that habit. It just build that habit and you will increase that dopamine threshold. And all of a sudden, your need to do something is now a healthy habit. Yeah. So that's why I crash up whenever people are like, oh, you're just replacing one one addiction for another. I was like, yeah, that's pretty good addiction to have actually. That's fine because we're humans. We're all based off addictions. I mean, that's how the human system works is we are habit based. So 
if your habit is sit on the couch every evening and eat bad, it's like that's a habit. Yep. If your habit is get on the bike in the evening, your dopamine response is go- you're going to feel good after that because now you're moving and that dopamine cycle is now kicked in. Yeah. Gotcha. Matt, do you have anything that you can add to this conversation? I think that what we're drilling home is that this is changing your brain chemistry. Correct. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy, right? This is something that you're going to do and it will make you a better person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Studies, you know, study after study, if you look at the meta studies, you'll see this time and time again. And the studies that they've looked at are are how how does exercise deal with combating um, clinical depression? And it does very well. And then the other thing is um, clinical anxiety. And mm-hmm. it does very well in those yes. regards. Uh, and, and these are all, in the way that science is looking at it right now, is like these are, you know, the brain chemistry uh, has some slight issues and that exercise is a method to treat those issues. Mm-hmm. So I think that my, my gut feeling has been for a long time, and, and this is very biased because I grew up running and I grew up just thinking like, oh my gosh, everyone should be doing this. Like, mm-hmm. what is the matter with these people? Right. And so from, I would, some would argue like from a lifetime of doing that, I've come to a very biased conclusion that humans should be exercising. Yes. Flat out. Like you have evolved as a species to be active. And when you're not, when you enjoy sitting in front of MTV and eating Snickers, which I enjoy. I love Snickers. The, you're go, was a cool you're going against <laughs> that evolutionary process yes. of like your body's supposed to be exercising. And it's hard for me to be, you know, it, it's hard because like there's, there's so many people that'll just look at you and be like, I, d- I don't like to exercise. And that is like, for me, I'm just like, you're wrong about yourself. Yeah, you <laughs> that's, do. That's you, what trust me. Like, trust, no, 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 trust no, no. me. Your body wants to exercise. Your body needs But Matt, exercise. there's a pill for that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's another. I'm going to go talk you to know, your wife and get a script. Do you know, <laughs> I want to take a pill. Do you know I don't my favorite run. thing to hear some people talk about is whenever they talk about, they're like, I think the runner's high is BS. You know, yeah. I've run and I never feel good. And yeah. my answer to that is, it's not that you feel good. It's, so like you said that like the human body is meant to exercise. I think all a runner's high is, is like a tap into your primal needs so it's like when you're having that moment while you're running where you're just like this just feels right or i have a patient calls it the aha moment Mm -hmm. just that aha moment for a second it's fleeting it just happens for a second and then you're back into doing an interval and it hurts sure but that moment just like with cycling too when you're climbing up and your heart rate's at 175 you're like this isn't comfortable but all of a sudden i feel great i think that's like a tap into what we are supposed to be doing. So it cracks me up whenever people are like, exercise isn't for me. It's like, oh, no, no, it is. You learn it is to embrace you. that suck <laughs> yeah. and you actually learn to like almost want it. Want, like like an addiction. You exactly. want that. It's a habit. Yeah. yeah. And it becomes like, you know it's super difficult. You know it's super hard, mm-hmm. but it almost becomes easy and it feels yeah. like this is as easy as breathing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. how is it that-, that You I'm, feel like you need it too. How am I killing you're... myself right now, but I'm enjoying it and it's like it's I'm breathing, you know? Yeah. I can remember being in breakaways. It's just like feel alive. This yeah. hurts, but oh my god, I'm I am on such a high right now, and there's yeah. such an adrenaline rush behind this, and it's so yeah. awesome, and I I can't believe that my body's putting out these watts at this heart rate at this mile per hour for this period of yeah. time. I like I like to think that humans have even had that feeling hundreds and hundreds of years ago. If you're sure. hunting and chasing something down sure. and tired, but this is your existence. This is what yeah. you need to be doing. It's like that's still something. I think we can tap into something primal there, and it's. God, I so hope that like running and cycling is around when we're like, 
if this stuff ever starts to die off, I'm going to be yeah. a miserable old person. I think it'll go through waves of popularity and, and unpopular, yeah. but I don't. it's not going well, anywhere. We'll be hipsters at some point. Uh, we'll be no. like 65, 65, be like, you still ride bikes? Yeah. No, like, sorry. what are you doing? You know they have motors for those now. You're like, back in my day, you used to have to pedal the bike. <laughs> <laughs> I know anecdotally, I certainly feel so much better after just being out on my bike, whether it's for an hour or whether if it's for six hours. Mm-hmm. I always yeah. feel better afterwards. I get that that rush. I am... I am kinder. I am more willing to yep. help. I'm, I, I'll, I'll cook dinner for my wife or just do the dishes without being asked. Why do you, you think know? I got kicked out of the house last week, Lance? Right. <laughs> you were being a jerk and you needed some endorphins in your system. Yeah, I Becca just, knows that too well. Yeah. <laughs> she knows me way better than I even know myself, I think. And she's going to let me know about that, what I just said there. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, it'll, it'll come up. Yeah. Remember what you said on the podcast? Uh-huh. <laughs> that comes up all the time, by the way, guys. Yeah. Yes. That's good. Brandy should also iron lay into that, right? <laughs> she's, she said, she, uh, she says that to me as well. Yeah. You need, have go you, get your vitamin what, D. Are you going to go yeah. ride today? Are you no. going to ride? Yeah. Well, it was my day off. Yeah. <laughs> no. You need to go ride. Was she talking to Jake again? <laughs> is it is is it vitamin B or vitamin C? Like vitamin bicycling or vitamin cycling? I don't know. It's is it get your B and C out in? of my yeah. face? Yeah. Get your B and C. Yeah. So just going through the benefits and some of the things Matt already touched on: depression, anxiety, stress. I mean, there's other things like ADHD, PTSD. Yes. Yes. I, these are a lot of things that exercise. All you I'm not going to say it cures them, but it helps manage them. Yes. I'll, I'll use an example for PTSD, and I may have mentioned him on this podcast before, but uh, for my Saddles um, uh, brand, Edge Cycling Technologies, yeah. we have a sponsored athlete, Joe Lawhorn, mm-hmm. yeah. who's yeah. a wounded warrior, PTSD, um, Stud, awesome guy, Stud, ultra insane cyclist. ultra cyclist who has yeah. done RAM. He is uh, actually in, I think, a week or two. Uh, it may it may be a couple more weekends. I, I'll, I'll get the date down exactly. Uh, he's doing a ride. He's going for the record across Ohio. Yeah. Oh, cool. So he's going to go for it. But like, yeah, I mean, he, he's an example of he is very, very outspoken on the benefits of cycling for PTSD people. And I mean, he's very tuned into that population and understands on a very personal level what those soldiers are going through. So, you know, I think, yeah, that's I, I think very similar when you're talking brain chemistry wise to its effects it can have on ADHD and everything like that, yeah. too, like Jake was saying. And you know, I, we should definitely mention that none of us are mental health doctors at this no, table. No, and, no. And so take, you know, what we say with a grain of salt, but... Google you know, Docs. Yeah, we're Google Docs. And uh, I would say that this is one treatment option. You know, if you look at the studies, they be- they definitely reference this as like an effective treatment. Not that there aren't other effective treatments or combinations of effective treatments. Mm-hmm. So um, people that are depressed need to get help. Sure. You know, yes. Don't don't necessarily just rely on you know your bike to fix all of your problems, but it fixes some it of them. It can definitely help. a lot of them. And I'll and I'll tell you what this is. <laughs> yes, I'm not a mental health doctor, but being in the medical field, any doctor who says that exercise doesn't help, I would immediately question what they're saying and would love to hear their explanation because. So, vehemently disagree with yeah. them. Yeah. So we're talking about like the mental health, but like we're going to attack those things and it's going to help those certain things, but there's so many like um, other benefits other benefits that come oh, from yeah. that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just... It, it, Physical and mental health are very If you very start sitting down yeah. and just looking at all of the things that, that come to your way that are positive, it just, it starts to blow your mind. I'm like, 
my God, this sounds like a miracle drug. Well, it kind of is. Just you got to get out and exercise. Got to move. Got to use your yeah. body. It solves mm-hmm. so many problems. But yeah. you know, sharper memory and thinking, higher self-esteem, better yeah. sleep, more energy. You're more resilient to different things. You're you're mm-hmm. you're decreasing obesity, or yeah. you know, you're working on like solving or reversing different things that have yeah. happened to your body because of lack of use or poor diets. So there's so much that increases comes to mustache growth too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it decreases hair growth on your legs. Uh. Well, that's unless you run. If you run, it actually increases hair growth on okay. your legs. If you cycle, it decreases Science. hair growth on your legs. Yeah, Science. Triathlon in between. Sometimes. <laughs> it depends. Oh, my goodness. What else? What else you got? Um, it actually helps with addiction as well. If you have addiction issues sure. with other things, it, mm-hmm. it that dopamine release actually takes the, the place, the place yeah. of what you're... This is why Lionel wants. Sanders is one heck of an Iron Man, is because yeah. that man had a very high dopamine threshold he had to meet. And I'll tell you what, I think 30 to 40 hours of training a week seemed to have met it for him. So, yeah. And it also push off like brain fog or symptoms of Alzheimer's, or uh, it, it can help sharpen your mind yeah. as well. Yep. Yep. I think when you're talking about increasing blood flow globally, so if you think of exercise as just you're increasing your body's ability to transfer and deliver oxygen, health of the brain is very dependent on your ability to pump blood to it. If you think of what is a stroke patient going through that mm-hmm. is damage to the arteries that deliver oxygen to the brain. Sure. So you're thinking if you're a healthier aerobic athlete, you're going to be pumping more blood to your brain. It's you know, not, not a far stretch right there to say that's clearly going to increase, you know, or decrease hopefully your risk of, and it's decreasing your risk of, doesn't mean that you cannot get it, but decreasing your risk of things like dementia, stroke risks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of a world do you think we would live in? Or just a country do you think we would live in if you took the 300 million plus people who live here in the United States? 400 million now, I think. Is it 400? I think it's 400. It's a lot of people. You gotta slow down people anyway slow it down. and all of a sudden everybody more after the quarantine subscribe to <laughs> quarantine babies yeah. four to five hours of exercise a week of cardiovascular exercise yeah what happens to, what kind of an effect would you guys hypothesize is going to happen with the four or five field would get a lot faster four or five field would definitely yeah. get faster <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know I, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking about like all of the writing going on around the world right now and all of the stress and anxiety and the um, the issues that we're having from people who've been cooped up in their houses and mm-hmm. the, you know, just there's, you, the list can go on for days yeah. and days. Like and a lot the, of the, the hate, views. I mean, you, you think about the, the hate we have between groups in this country right yeah. now. I'll tell you what, and this is just me speaking from, you know, being around the cycling community and the triathlon community. If you're somebody who let's say is intolerant and hateful by nature, if you ride a bicycle next to somebody really hard for a long time. Yeah. That brings people together. Sure. That really does. And yeah. well, if you hate them, just go take their KOM. Thank Yeah. <laughs> if you hate somebody, go and do interval sessions right with them and yeah. you'll have, you'll come to an understanding between each other. That's like, Oh, we're not that it's different. Called commonality. Yeah, yeah. There's a commonality between us and we both like bicycles. That's there but you go. Seriously though. How, how much different do you think the world would be? And, and of that, three to 400 million people, how many people do you think, what percentage of those people would you speculate subscribe to some sort of regular exercise routine? Uh, a lot scary lower than people would like to think. Not many. Yeah. No. So we go back to the whole thing of cyclists and runners and triathletes having that great disposition. And if we yeah. were to take that and inject it into the rest of the, the country, would we be living in a different world today? I would so hope so. Possibly. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a big open-ended question. The, but the I mean, roads would be nicer. The roads would be yeah. nicer. Less 
unsafe passes. Come on, people. I yeah. know. There'd be a lot less chips in the grocery stores, though. So what? Be, yeah. no, well, people not, would want carbs know. a lot more, you yeah, know? They might. They might yeah. Chips. <laughs> Do you think they deal with this kind of stuff in the Netherlands where everybody gets around on a bike? You know, I think... I think they do, but I also think that we at times put on pedestals some other countries' activity levels. The, most of these other countries that people will reference, they still have obesity problems. You know, like Nor- Norway, Netherlands, they still do. Well, sure. They're at a much lower rate than ours, yeah. I will say. So, like, when we point to them and say, like, you know, oh, this group is better than, you know, like like how they function as a country, I think we're pointing to something pretty, pretty accurate. I think it's just, like, I think also – you know, those countries have, have other issues too. But yeah, yeah. I know that we have this su- uh, superiority complex here in the United States. We, we think do, that we're yeah. better than everybody else, but yeah. did, would it, when well. are we going to stop and like actually take a look at like a country like the Netherlands and see what kind of issues they're running into with mental health, with, uh, you know, disease and, and obesity mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Because when you go over there, they use bicycles to get around get everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yep. It's mm-hmm. like rush hour is rush hour on bikes. It's not cars. Nobody nobody drives a car over there. So they're getting exercise. How much different mm-hmm. is everything over there versus here? I, that's, that's a place that's on my bucket list. I need to go there. And I, I would love to go there and stay for an extended period of time just to get to know the culture a little bit more just because it's so intriguing to me. I, I don't know. I, I'm just curious. Like, Be interesting. Yeah. And what other countries subscribe to that kind of mantra? Um, I, I know that after having our exchange student Maria, others, yeah. from Spain, S- Spain's pretty commuter it, friendly, aren't they? It's very commuter friendly, but yeah. it's a very, very active country, and they yeah. put much more. God, they dominate ITU too. <laughs> mm-hmm. They really do. <laughs> Who knows why? That, they, them in France. Yeah. <laughs> they put a lot of value on exercise, and they put a lot of kids. value on sports, and they put a lot of value yeah. on um, just staying fit and healthy. Um, it, it coming here, just talking with her, she's like, yeah, you guys are very consumer driven and we're very much more like about like an experience of life and staying fit and being able to have quality of life. That's that's kind mm-hmm. of what's central to them. And it's vastly different to what our norm is here. And I'm just curious, like if everybody subscribed to exercise, how much better could this country be? Yeah. Will we be out there throwing right rocks through windows right now and, you know, killing people and, and fighting and having all this discourse in the country there'd still be some of that but oh, there'd I be a whole lot less i think yeah. that particular it would help that is for sure i don't know if that's the way i would describe it right now just because i think people are are very angry for valid reasons and angry enough to you know cause damage yep. sure and so mm-hmm. whether or not they exercise that morning they may still be quite angry but you got to go even a, a layer deeper like that would that have happened in the first place if said cop was yeah you know subscribe to an exercise ro- routine yeah, that would, would take the edge off. I, don't, I mean, happen. that's a big stretch, a big ask. That's but a I'm huge just, stretch. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, it's hard to speculate on that for sure. Maybe he did. We don't know. Maybe you know, he's an avid cyclist. Yeah. There's what if you would have strapped him to a bicycle and had him chase Justin Williams all day? I bet that would have changed him. Have you guys seen <laughs> Justin Williams lately racing? Like prior to COVID? No. Oh, you guys don't know. Ju- God, absolute uh, African American cyclist who created U.S. national champion. Yeah, that guy's a monster. I just heard. I think it was vegan cyclist talking about that with like an appreciation of like minorities and cycling, sure. and just talking about how like Justin Williams is a hero for that group. Yeah. I love that guy yeah. too. If anybody watches his YouTube stuff, please subscribe. To that guy's like YouTube. It's I forget good. the name of his team. Um, Legion. Legion. Thank you. I yeah. think I think it's Legion Cycling is the YouTube. It's channel. just called Legion. Yeah. Just yeah. Legion. Yeah. 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 Crazy. I don't know. I'm not trying to be idealistic here. Just, yeah. I don't know. But I, but, but I get what you're saying. I do truly think if you subscribe to habits that are active for you, I do think there's going to be less, 
room for hate and frustration. I do yeah. like to, and maybe that just makes me sleep better at night believing that, but I really do believe that, that, that if more people who are feeling this frustration and anger, and then the other side too, that's feeling hate, which is awful, you need to, I, you got to do something to, to help your mental health. Cause I think just letting it sit, is not going to help. Yeah, true. I don't think letting it sit and trying to ignore it is going to help. And I don't yeah. think any of us are saying like cycling is the silver bullet. Like there, but we, yeah. we do think exercise is helpful. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, doesn't have to be, you know, the $5,000 bike. It could just be going oh, for be a, a walk. Bike. Yeah. A walk. A, Maybe a f- even go like walk up a hill so that you get some, you know, more strenuous activity. In. Yeah, sure. But I think, Anything. I think exercise. Start somewhere. Yep. Set a goal, exercise, find other people who do it, create a community. There, there you go. So there's a lot of people out there that just don't exercise and they're going to have a lot of reasons why they shouldn't start. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of the, oh, I have are, a bad knee. Yeah. Oh, I have X, Y, Z, which I totally understand. I got a lot of, I got yeah. a lot or of these issues. Yeah. <laughs> you go out and you do it once or twice and you feel exhausted or everything hurts and you're feeling hopeless. Yeah. You're, 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 you're mad at yourself and you're just in pain. Like all of these things start to add up. And how do we keep these people coming back to the well and keep doing it? I mean, we yeah. know that you'll eventually get there. We know that it will eventually become easier and we know that you're going to be able to, um, you know, get past those hurdles. You know, w- mm-hmm. what are you going to tell somebody that's going to come at you right now and say that these things are all like happening to me and I don't want to do this anymore? Please, that- please come and see me and I'll convince mm-hmm. you. <laughs> that's what I would tell them literally is come and see me and I will help you do it yeah. because you're not the first person to feel knee pain with running and you won't be the last. So yeah, yeah. I think it's tough because I think any of us that have, talk to family or whatever and they're like oh i can't do that you know and you're like i don't know how to convince you but <laughs> i'm not gonna because we've given up right like we don't even try anymore right whereas you know i have a long time up. ago we would have been like i have a job this. of that <laughs> yeah. yeah which is fantastic right <laughs> what if somebody's yeah, depressed it's not <laughs> somebody's depressed they're 150 pounds overweight their uh-huh. knee or foot hurt them a little bit and there's an anxiety about you know being seen in public or going to a gym or doing any of this stuff yeah and just to get that habit started to create my, that routine. How do you get that person to, to like, my, my first step with a patient is if they're in that situation, which sure. I've had them in there before one, if you're introverted, let's come up with a goal. That's very you specific. Yeah. But if you are somebody who thrives off of being with friends, find one friend in a very similar situation who also doesn't want to exercise and yep. you two together are going to do this. That because support hum- group is yeah. huge. That's huge. the big humans a, are social animals. A number one thing. Yep. yep. I've seen, um, I think I think the 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 Bammer group is a great example yeah. of, and there's some great runners in there. But a lot of those beginner runners, I think it was a very cool group for them to be accepted into because now you can look at it and be like, I just had a kid, my knees and back are killing me yep. with running, and I need somebody who knows that experience too that I can relate to, and that you know I can if I need to run a 15 minute mile, I'm going to run a 15 minute mile with sure. this person, and doing it with somebody definitely makes it way more digestible as yep. a challenge. Yep. Yeah, doing it alone stuff. There's only a few people I know who can just like train purely by yeah. themselves all the time. Yeah. And like Matt said, it doesn't have to be getting on a bike and it can be as simple as just going for a walk. It can be, yep. you know, going for a, a little nature hike. It can be, um, what are the anything Japanese, around home. Go what do the Japanese swim? call the, uh, forest bathing thing? Oh there's, there's yeah. Some I, know term for um, this. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So this is like a thing where they, they call yeah. it, the translation is forest bathing and it's just like, go be out in nature for a certain amount of time. Yep. You can look it up, Lance, and help No, me I think out. it's but awesome, it's, yeah. It's one of those funny things where it's like, you mentioned, you know, I said go for a walk up a hill, but then you mentioned hiking, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, there's real value to being out of the city and out yeah. of the stress of cars. It's just cars. forest bathing. Yeah. No, there's some, there's some Japanese term for it, I think. Anyway, 
Uh, but it it's funny that there is such a thing as forced bathing because mm-hmm. I, I think it's just a funny play on words there. But it's um, it's something I think is real. I mean, I think that you guys know me as the guy that doesn't like to bike on trails. Yeah, but I love to run on trails. I yeah. love forced bathing. <laughs> I love forced bathing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shinrin Yoku. Oh, yeah, that was on the tip of my tongue. That's right. <laughs> I just, yeah. Oh, I yes, thank you, thank you. Way to pull that out of your head. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just came up with that. Yeah, yeah it's um, it's definitely something that, that's worthwhile. And, and once you start to get into that routine, you'll start mm-hmm. to feel those little benefits. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah. you'll get like a little taste of it, and you want some more. Yeah. So, Please I take highly our, recommend that... Yeah. Uh, Please take our advice here, folks. Yeah, everybody that's listening to this, I, not everybody, most everybody that's listening to this, I'm exercising. already exercising, but, yeah. you know, know these things and, and try and push that out there. You know, try and encourage other people to go Help out there. Help a friend. Help a friend, yeah. exactly. So yeah. a lot of this stuff can become viral and uh, you can get more people being yeah. active and hopefully riding bikes to boot. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I think that's enough of that. <clears throat> yeah. One last thing. Matt, what's I always, up? I always have YouTube videos to blabber on about blabber on buddy um blabber the last video oh here's this is good you guys go to the youtubes find my channel click on it not the singer guy he's mm-hmm. cool but but also subscribe to him uh the latest video that i've posted is about the polar instinct no polar ignite watch mm-hmm. and uh i'm giving it away it's a very nice looking watch and it does all the things you can bike with it you can run with it you can you can swim with it um, it's not the best kind of triathlon all around watch. It's not the best for like open water accuracy and things like that. But a lot of people just want a watch that they can, you know, track all their stuff and do all that. And this watch does that. So grab that watch. Let me send it to you. Go Let comment. Let me give you this watch. Go on the YouTubes <laughs> and comment. And then I think I'm going to do a video with Evan this week. And we're going to talk about, uh, the nerve run insole, which is, that was um, my last thing, so I'll yeah. piggyback off okay, what Matt sure, said right here. Oh, no, 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 no you, you go and talk about it. Oh, okay, well, yeah. well, it's a insole that has um, all these sensors built into it, so it can tell you if you're, like, pronating all this stuff. I'm hoping to get that video out on Thursday, but you know life. You know life. Yeah. But, it, but the key of that one is that Evan's going to be in the video potentially, so oh. that could be huge. It's showing the only worthwhile <laughs> part of me, which is my calves, no, because the rest the of me, oh, no, no, no. The rest of me is just a disaster. <laughs> it's an absolute just not made for TV disaster. Okay. But my calves yeah. are not too bad. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Evan, one last thing. That was basically it was the, that I was going to be in a featured in a Feature. very famous um, YouTuber's video here this upcoming <laughs> next two weeks. Um, yeah. His name is Matt Legrand. You can look him up on the YouTubes. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about closing the clinic and beginning uh, my career as a YouTube star. That after this. is a smart I think so. decision. I think so. Yeah. Speaking so. of the clinic, if somebody uh-huh. wanted to come see you at said clinic, what's it called? Where's it located? How does that work? The Dialed Endurance Lab, and it is located here in beautiful, almost Camas, Washington. We are East Vancouver, Camas area border. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, 1900. Um, 162nd Avenue, B101, I believe. <laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> B101 suite, specific. if you wanted to, yeah, literally like look down at the address. I know, yeah. <laughs> well, I had to get the suite number down because we always had things delivered here, so I had to over the phone be saying the suite number. Why don't you tell everybody exactly what it is that you're doing here? Yeah, so right now, since we are still in phase one in Washington, uh, my services are basically physical therapy related. Now. Correct. When you think physical therapy, you're like, well, why would I go and need to see you? I don't want to be injured right now, but I do have this thing that hurts. 
you will you can still come see me on a physical therapy basis and work on things like strength and conditioning uh gait analysis uh looking at a bike fit everything like that as well gotcha in the future once we get into phase two we will be offering small group classes here as well which are going to be strength and conditioning based and then also for the cycling community once we get uh the not beautiful weather which right now it's beautiful weather so everybody get outside and get off the trainer we will also be having um, indoor cycling classes here. This we'll say, please just say winter. Cause I hope the fall weather doesn't force us all inside, yeah. but yeah. Gotcha. We'll and say winter. People can come see you for like full on, full blown physical therapy needs. Full blown Post physical therapy. therapy. The whole, the whole gamut. You can be in a cast right at that moment. Come and see me all the way to my heel kind of hurts at mile 20, that entire gamut. So now are you yeah. only working with cyclists and triathletes? No, I have quite a few soccer players right now, uh-huh. which means God, I've had to get my soccer <clears throat> touch back. That's been tough. I'm playing barefoot a lot right now because I played one year of collegiate soccer. That is not me pounding my chest. I was a D3 bench warmer, so (laughs) not high-level collegiate soccer. But it has been a while since I touched a ball consistently, and I'm working with a lot of soccer players right now. You're a very active individual. I most of my day is tiring, but I'm not an athletic individual, which is the problem. I have a very active lifestyle, and you're, I'm not an you're, athlete. You're growing KOM list says otherwise. <laughs> you also proselyte for athlete. the uh, for the Church of Lance Armstrong here. At yes, the, uh, <laughs> I am true. also putting together my resume <laughs> to be Lance's new manager because I didn't like his manager in the documentary. Right. So I think he needs to look for a new one, Lance. Please give me a shout out. Gotcha. <laughs> also, could he come on the podcast? If Lance Armstrong contacts us tomorrow, not that this is ever going to happen. If he contacts us tomorrow and was like, hey, guys, mind if I come on the Dow podcast? Would we allow him on the Dow yeah. podcast? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. No, okay. We would boot him so fast. <laughs> Glad we're all on the same page. Right. As long as he knows he's not relevant, but yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not relevant, but please, please, please come on our podcast. But God, please come on our podcast. Yeah. Very cool. That's enough uh, of my last thing. That was like four last things. Yeah. yeah. Lance, one last thing. Uh, happy anniversary to the love of my life, Brandy yeah. Hepler. 26 years this Thursday. Wow. She's out. turning 26? No, it's that's our 26 anniversary. <laughs> 26 years, that's a marathon of mustache. 26 uh-huh. years. She's she's so upset about the mustache. She, she has and I'm put up with a lot. In. The most patient human taking being that we, we know. Really, Brandy Hepler is the yep. most patient human being I know. Yeah. Also, my youngest daughter's birthday this week, uh, Darby. She turns twenty. When's her, wow. her When's her birthday? The sixth of June. Okay, twenty. She'll be in Alaska. She's leaving tomorrow oh, for cool. Alaska for the next six or seven weeks. She's Crazy. so much more interesting than you are. Yeah, that's yeah. For sure. I got a whole bunch of birthdays on my side too. I'm excited. Yeah. It's exciting for my kids to have birthdays, yeah. right? I don't know why it's more exciting for that than your own birthday, but it is. Ethan's one year closer to a driver's Ethan, license. Ethan's going to so, be yeah. ten. <sighs> When's his awesome. birthday again? On Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm super excited. I'm more excited than I don't know. And my wife's is. got another. My wife's got a birthday the next Monday, so yeah. my son's family birthday coming up too. It's going to be turning eleven in it's three exciting, weeks. It's exciting, right? Yeah. We need to have know. a big like like Legrand birthday party bash. Yeah, we would bash. if we weren't social distancing. Can we do it in your cul-de-sac from yes. a distance? Cul-de-sac can I just can I just throw <laughs> balloons at you? Yeah, sure. Cool. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my one last thing is actually going to springboard off of. Uh, Kind of what Lance just talked about his wife. She actually has a brand new Instagram account. Yes, and I just wanted to put this out there because I think she's so freaking good at what she does. Her art uh-huh. is spectacular. So she has a new hey, Instagram account. Um, it's Brandy Hepler Art. Um, you can look that up. And that's Brandy with two E's, B-R-A-N-D-E-E, Hepler yeah. with two P's, Art. 
and she's got some really cool stuff. And like, her, like whenever I see her, her drawings, her illustrations, her art, it just makes you smile. It makes you happy. Yeah. It puts a little bit of a smile on your face, and it's it's it captures an emotion so well. She does such a great job with that. So I figured that more people needed to uh, to check that out. Oh my gosh, she has a dog picture on here. I love it. She Follow has, her. She you has, can be number yeah. one hundred. <laughs> yeah, she has a lot of cool stuff. She just opened that over the weekend, if I'm not mistaken. She did. She's super talented. I'm I'm the boring one in the. Yeah. In the relationship, that's what everyone says after your back pedals. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. Maybe we can get her to do a um, an art thing of us here at the the podcast. Oh, she would love that. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, I think that's about it for the uh, the old Dow podcast for this week. Okay. It's another one in the books. 119 of these, you guys. Wow. 119. Next week's 120. 120. One. Do we do anything for anything special for 120? Nope. You hear that beeping in the background? That's a trash truck. Hi, trash truck. <laughs> trash truck. <laughs> <laughs> All the new noises that people get to hear on the podcast. Right outside of our million-dollar complex here. So. Exactly. So, very cool. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. You guys, thanks for coming back again. Hopefully, during this nice weather, we can all grab a ride together. I mean, yes. Matt, we need to hit up some lunch ride or some evening yeah, ride here. We'll and do it. Who wants to climb with me? Evan, you get the middle <laughs> finger this week. Again, if you're going to climb. <laughs> One of my rides will not be climbing, and we will be doing it together. It'll be fun. Well, I want to go ride with you on your new bike i want to yeah. i want to let you kind of open it up and i want to like see you kind of like embrace like everything we'll that go that out bike to the flats because all you've done is really climbed on it and that's yeah, about i've it. only done one ride like, on it and that was six hours of climbing. and it climbs <laughs> it climbs really well climbs but you don't dream. you still haven't seen everything that that bike has to show you you're gonna I, was, I opened it up once on blake's tt course out by the the river oh, it was i i pr'd that section which i've done a million intervals on and Good. at the end of six hour ride it felt on the flats, on the climbs, the bike, the bike is bike. It's a good bicycle. Good bicycle. Man, and the color combo is nice. It is. Black and gold. Yep. <laughs> Pretty nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys all listening. We will see you next week. Bye for now.